Hello and welcome to Virtual Roundtables Live, the broadcast that brings business leaders together to discuss and debate the latest industry topics and trends. Now over to today's host. Hi there, thanks for joining this session on the future of corporate real estate. I have as a subtitle here, Developing a Growth Mindset, and actually it should read as well, but I didn't dare put it on the slide, based on principles drawn from the art of war. But before we go into that, um, let's have a look at what has happened in the past year. There's been many presentations and um, conversations around what the future of work should be from occupiers, from vendors, from service providers, a lot of great ideas floating around. Um, there's been loads of surveys with office occupiers, with the employers on what they like about home office, what the disadvantages are, what works, what doesn't, where they could be supported better, why they would want to come back to the office. And also, if they had an appetite for more flexibility, to which extend, um, combined with data on where they were in the world, what their life situation was, and mostly concluding into that we need to develop what the future of work is going to be based on, on looking at data that we'll soon enough have again. But I'd argue, actually, that we're not at that point yet. The future of work is that silver lining at the horizon that should give us hope that we'll all meet again in the office. But I'd actually say we're really still here. We're still midst this crisis, um, a true crisis indeed, um, which means we have no familiarity with the situation and our lives are not the way we thought they would be anymore. And that means, naturally as well, there are no protocols nor guidebooks in place that we could consider now. And oftentimes competing priorities arise, which then means, or which feels actually rather unsettling and chaotic. And if we bring that to the world of the office, um, one thing there is, for example, the question, should we bring employees back to the office now because they are missing um, collaboration, they're missing the connection, they're missing feeling a purpose, it would actually contribute to their mental health? Or should we prioritize health of the community over it? And there's no right or wrong in that. It's just that's the competing priorities that you could um, see and ponder on. And what that means for companies as well is, is that there is no clear new answer of what the workplace will be yet. And um, when I heard the CEO of Goldman Sachs a couple of weeks ago call home office an aberration, I kind of placed that um, for myself in the denial section or actually the valley of tears here on this uh, steps of crisis curve, um, which is pretty similar to the five stages of grief that you most likely are familiar with. And I think most corporations are still in the search and negotiate phase, like Google, for example, who had a really well transition last year into the lockdown, into remote work, 
now saying that they don't see themselves as a remote company and want people to be back in the office and actually for people who want to work from home, that they will need to apply for that again. And we see these changes of mind also for Goldman Sachs. Just last week or the week before, they um, announced that they're going to have an employee app put out there. So as much as they don't think they are going to work in home office going forward, they do acknowledge that other factors, the human experience, is an important factor to have considered for their work environment. And now is actually um, where I'd like to bring in a first um, guiding principle from a military strategist. His name was Admiral James Stockdale. He was um, captured in 1965 in the Vietnam War and imprisoned for seven and a half years. And he suffered severe torture there. And when he was released, or a little while after, he was asked how he did survive that. And um, the quote that's here is today called the Stockdale Paradoxon, because he says, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. And he had given that answer when he was asked who he saw didn't survive the prison camps. And um, he said it was the optimists, because they had that hope for their release tied to certain dates in their mind. So they'd be telling themselves, by Christmas, I'm going to be released from here. And then Christmas came and they weren't. And they told themselves, okay, by Eastern, I'm going to be free again. And Eastern came and they weren't. And then they told themselves, by the summer, and they weren't. And then Thanksgiving and Christmas, you you can um, imagine how that story goes. and. Um, James Stockdale then said, in the end, they died of a broken heart because their hope was always shattered and never met. So what he considered key in his situation was that he did have hope that he would come out, but he did not let that um, shadow the reality of what he was in, that that was not a good situation, that his um, situation was rather unfortunate and very painful and that he didn't know when he would come out. Now, translating that to where we are, your current reality or corporate real estate's current reality are the questions at hand right now um, that are regarding flexible work arrangements for the future and the new mindsets that need to accompany that to be successful in the implementation. And the thing is, to all of these questions, we will have ideas of answers of what we could explore or put in place, but we don't know what the definite truth is going to be. And we tend to think that we have to have everything figured out to begin, while beginning is how we actually figure things out. So we need to start to try things that drive towards the questions um, being answered 
but we must consider that we'll not have it right away. And I'll dive a little deeper when I come to a more actionable um, plan even. And here, so we have these questions that are circling around. And what do we do now? And here I'd suggest that we have in this first pane, um, step one, all the things that need to be addressed now because the buildings need to operate still, technical equipment in there needs to be maintained so that once there is a return to work, everything's working still. Also for staff that occasionally comes on site because of crucial tasks or for actually the facility staff, safety needs to be guaranteed. And then you have contractual obligations. There will be upcoming lease dates for termination or renewal that you need to act upon. You need to negotiate with the landlord that maybe you want to delay that decision. And then also before um, all this started, projects were already ongoing or were planned to start soon. And you need to decide what to do there, what to carry out and what maybe to stall. And I think actually that this first area is where corporate real estate is really good at project management, at portfolio um, management and having different things inside and working towards a deadline also in a situation that's rather stressful. And then where we're going more into the new uh, realm is when it comes to defining options for the near term. And there is the question if you should change from fixed to flex desk model. If you haven't um, had that in place, um, how to cater for business growth going forward or vice versa. If um, teams are getting smaller, how to handle with that? What kind of workplace configurations you want to put out? What technology and equipment you should get and what performance measures you want to put in place. And this is where we then start with that iterative approach um, with going into diagnosis before design and delivery. And there's a couple of underlying principles drawn from crisis management, um, which is um, which I'm going to share now. One is um, you need to understand your existing systems and processes in place to bring change underway. If you have no clarity on what your A is, you can't go to B because you don't know which um, steps need to be taken to come to that new reality. So first is understand where you are at. Next is... You want to have different stakeholders at the conversation table who represent different priorities and goals within the company. And you want their opinion and ideally you want them to be part of that design so that they are backing it as well. And then when you look at the issues that are most likely constantly arising, um, adding new things to it, you should look at it over and over again and acknowledge that you might or rather will not get it right in the first try and that all the actions you are putting in place are tentative and reversible at that point in time. 
And then when you do that, the goal then would be when we move into the design thinking for the future to identify the super drivers of um, employee well-being and experience in your company, the super drivers of um, the work culture in the organization and for collaboration and creativity. And then based on those, you will build your space program that should be considered again as a framework for the locations, but that you could regionally adapt to certain needs um, that people there will know so that there is a greater acceptance generally across the board. And then again, based on that, you'll come to the bigger question of location strategy. Where should the company actually be? And there's a lot of factors to consider um, as is business mission and um, business values, but also employee preference. Now, I hear this a lot um, or read it actually a lot, this war for talent that needs to be fought and won as soon as possible. And I think this is again a trap of rushing into a solution because I don't think you're gonna lose your employees right away. Most people do understand the situation we're in and that new realities just have to unfold and things need to be tested in kind of micro experiments before we have that new environment. And ideally, this is going to be a perpetual cycle, iterating on new ideas and if they work for your organization or not. And when we're talking about the war for talent, I'd now like to draw on um, some principles of the book, The Art of War, which has been written in the fifth century before Christ, um, supposedly by a Chinese military strategist called Sun Tzu. And I've picked here three golden nuggets that stood out for me, especially when you think about the time or when it has been written. So first one is, in respect of military method, we have firstly measurement, secondly estimation of quantity, thirdly calculation, fourthly balancing of chances, fifthly victory. So what Sun Tzu says here is that you need to start by measuring and by engaging in scenario planning, looking at the likelihood of certain things to realize themselves and to balance um, investments versus the returns. And that only if you engage in that exercise, you will um, come to victory. And I'd add on to that and say, even if you are at victory, you should go back and start over measuring. Because if you won the talent war once, um, doesn't mean that your competition's going to stand still. They're going to move as well and provide new things. So this should be a perpetual cycle again um, of reiteration of a quantified workplace looking at um, qualitative and quantitative data to find out if the employee experience is right and if the office is actually creating value for the company as a whole. The next one, super important as well. 
He will win who knows how to handle both superior and inferior forces. And I'd argue that this is not only true for corporate real estate, but for any department in a larger organization that you need to be able to handle internal politics and um, get key influencers aligned on the projects you have in mind. And that goes back to what I said earlier, that ideally in that iteration process, you have different stakeholders already at the table so that they are co-creating and therefore aligned on the overarching goals from the very start and won't stop the project in its tracks. And then this last one's actually my very favorite one because I do think it's applicable to everything in life. Water shapes its course according to the nature of the ground over which it flows. The soldier works out his victory in relation to the foe whom he is facing. Therefore, just as water retains no constant shape, so in warfare there are no constant conditions. I mean, this is the principles of agility right there. Um, the willingness or the ability to try over um, and to adapt to the situation at hand, acknowledging that there are no constant conditions, but everything is in flow all the time. And that's why I said I do think that's, that's true for life as it is for, for projects in organizations and in corporate real estate. Now, I'll move away again from, from military strategy and say, but how does that look like now? How can I engage in a scenario planning that supports this agility, um, that supports this process? And I have then here, exemplatory, the questions that you could start to look at once there is return to work, looking at which teams are on site, um, typically uh, at certain times, at certain days, and how do they actually plan their office visits? Do they plan? Do they book spaces in advance? Or do they come ad hoc and look what's free and around um, what best suits their needs at that moment in time? And then deriving from, from those two questions, what are the patterns that you can see weekly, monthly? Is there a seasonality? And how is that different for different teams again? And then based on those, you can go to the next level looking at, do we have enough space for people coming to the office or to the other end of it? Is there maybe surplus space in the office because there aren't that many people coming anymore? And also, when you then look into the space, is there the right workplace mix? Is there the right types of um, equipment that employees actually would like to use to support their work? And then the next higher level then would be coming back to that location strategy question, where should we have sites? Where does it make sense? Those questions at hand and the need to look at data and the need to change to a more open mindset um, that is destined to change things, um, this growth mindset, as I, 
put it in in the header actually requires the corporate real estate organization to change um to build new skills and to invest in building these competencies required and that's why i see for the future of corporate real estate a couple of things um i don't think i need to explain too much about being a strategist we had the examples of military strategists and their guiding principles of looking at the long-term goals but being able at the same time to um, act upon short-term influences. Then there is um, Brené Brown on this slide. Um, she's a philosopher and researcher, and she has at heart um, the topic of vulnerability and the courage required to be vulnerable. And she is a true empath. And I do think that this this um, human, more human aspect of work is something that we need to nurture going forward. I've heard a lot of comments of people actually saying that during the past year, they appreciated to get that glimpse of their colleagues and managers' private life, of their more um, non-professional side, of them being not flawless, but... Um, authentic in their homes with their kids and pets and whatever they might have been. So this empathy for, for human nature is something that we should um, keep in mind. And then because of the measuring and the data we want to look at, um, becoming more of a data scientist, um, researching, and also having that, that little bit of fortune teller um, in themselves, looking at what the future could be predicting based on the data that you see how future use of offices will realize itself, which is really hard, but um, it's a skill that can be acquired and improved by actually, actually practicing it. And then one aspect I find really interesting as well is um, becoming better storytellers and marketers of the new office, of the purposes the office um, should serve and of adopting that marketing mindset of failing fast when trying new bold things and um, actually looking at a lot of data points to establish if solutions are right or not. So if you look, for example, marketing looks a lot at click-through rates of how many people went on a landing page, how many people opened an email, um, what kind of banner ad draws attention, and um, does it change shoppers' behavior if there's a certain music in the shop? So they're really experimenting with the consumer experience and having their um, desires in mind when they do so. And I'd actually hope um, that this is what we all keep in mind when we are um, building the future of work, um, keeping at heart that we want to enable a place where people love to work and where people love to come to work. And with that, I'm at the end of this presentation. I hope you could take something out of it. I'd be happy to connect on LinkedIn and I'm also happy for your questions. Thank you very much.
Thanks for joining us this week on Virtual Roundtables Live. Make sure to visit our website www.virtualroundtables.com to learn more about upcoming webinars and events.